Hey Israel Story listeners, it's Mishi. So our last signed, sealed, delivered episode was all about Mordechai Shatner, who, as you might recall, was one of the founders of Kibbutz and Harod in the Jezreel Valley, midway between Afula and Betshean. In 1952, a fierce ideological split divided En Harod into two separate kibbutzim, En Harod Ichud and En Harod Meuchad. And that's also when, as Shatner's daughter Rachel Ofra Eliyahu Shatner told us, their family left the kibbutz. My parents went out of En Harod because there was a big ideological crisis. הפילוג בעין חרוד היה האחרון ברצף אירועים דומים בשנות החמישים בקיבוץ המאוחד ונחשב לפילוג האלים ביותר. זה אחד האירועים המשמעותיים בהיסטוריה של התנועה הקיבוצית וההתיישבות העובדת, ויש שיגידו בראי הזמן גם האירוע שבישר את ירידת קרנו הפוליטי של השמאל בישראל. After 26 years in Encharod, nothing. Speaking to Rachel, it was clear to us that though it's been more than 70 years, that rift is still alive and raw. And to give you a bit more context and background about the breakup of Encharod, we wanted to share this story, United We Fall, which we aired back in 2016. We'll be right back. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org slash wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. This week, we released our 50th wartime diary. Next week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating wartime diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, 
the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained. So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. Okay, we're back. Here's our senior producer, Yochai Meital. The story of Ein Harod, the split, the pilug, was a very sad story. It was a break of a lot of years of friendship, and all of a sudden, the whole thing fell apart. There were fistfights here, actual fistfights, terrible things. A real drama which tore apart families. Big friendships that were completely destroyed. The fight here was like a war, really war. Once upon a time there was a small kibbutz in the north of Israel called En Charod. It was founded in 1921 by Chalutzim, or pioneers who came from Russia. En Charod was the uh, first kibbutz to be in this place, in the eastern side of Amek Israel, Israel Valley. The kibbutz was built on top of a hill covered with wildflowers. Right below it was a wide valley with green fields, and in the distance, the Gilboa mountain, where King Shaul and his son Yonatan were slain in the biblical battle with the Philistines, towered above it all. The Jordan River snaked to the east, and beyond it, on clear days, you could make out the imposing hills of the Gilad. The members of En Charod weren't each other's neighbors. They were family. They lived a completely communal life, tilling the land together, going out to the battlefield together, raising their children together. Three times a day they would gather in the Chederochel, the dining hall, for communal meals. And on Friday they'd mark the end of the work week with some singing, dancing, and a drop of cheap brandy. This serene idealism went on for more than 30 years. But then one day, in 1952, it all came to an abrupt end. To understand the rift that tore apart this tight-knit community and changed it forever, we need to go back to the early days of the state. Though they never represented a large segment of the population, kibbutzim were the golden boys of the Zionist movement. They stood for self-sufficiency and might, and their members, tan and strong, were the epitome of the new Jew, the Tzabal. Right after the establishment of the state in 1948, Israel found itself fighting for its survival. Most male kibbutzniks joined the fight, forming the backbone of the armed forces, and they paid a very heavy price. 12% of the casualties of the War of Independence were kibbutz members. The war destroyed a lot of things internally, psychologically. That's Muki. Muki too. I am a member of Kibbutz Engev for the last 60 years and a leading historian of the kibbutz movement. You know, people who had dreams, you know, like to make a revolution, a pacific revolution. 
to create a society by by voluntary uh, organizations to create a new world and they found themselves in war and people find themselves with uh, death destruction personal fears they were regular people went to the war and when they came back from the war the state had no time for them because huge immigration came into the state. In the early 1950s, just as Israel was trying to recover from the devastating violence and get on its feet, a massive wave of immigration from North Africa and the Middle East flooded the country. The government was totally focused on the mammoth task of absorbing them. Imagine today people are scared of immigration to Europe. And they say, one million, how can we absorb one million? It will break Europe. And then you have a society that had to absorb one and a half the quantity of people who were living there. The state had no time to deal with the old voluntary society, you know. Now, maybe, as Mugi says, the state had more pressing matters to deal with. But its legendary leader, Prime Minister David Ben-Gurion, found the time to lash out against the kibbutzim. In a speech he delivered in the Knesset, Israel's parliament, in 1950, the old man, as he was fondly called, didn't hold back any punches. Where's the kibbutz movement when it comes to helping out with immigration, he asked. They've done so splendidly for themselves. But what have they contributed to the task of absorbing the new aliyah? I'm deeply ashamed of the kibbutz movement. This statement triggered a heated debate within the kibbutzim. It was part of a much larger clash between various different political parties in the new country's left and center. The irony was that, all in all, they were pretty similar. I mean, much closer to each other ideologically than they were to, say, Jabutinsky and Begin's revisionists. But as often happens within groups with similar ideologies, the internal disagreements, even on minor points, can get out of hand and cause tremendous ruptures. Just think of the history of the Christian Church, for example, or the backstabbing between Trotsky and Stalin. As you can imagine, there were countless divides within Israel's early socialist movement. It's really complicated. But in broad terms, there was a split between Ben-Gurion's supporters, members of Mapai, the historic labor party, and the more left-wing parties, Achdut Avoda and Mapam, who saw themselves as the true bearers of socialist Zionism. In some ways, it was a local version of clashing Cold War ideologies. Ben-Gurion was steering the country towards the West, while Encharod's own Yitzhak Tabenkin and other leaders of the kibbutz movement, many of whom immigrated from Russia, glanced eastward with admiration. They looked up to Stalin and saw Ben-Gurion's maneuver and harsh rhetoric as a crude attempt to solidify his rule and discredit any ideological adversaries. Encharod was in the eye of the storm. Most of the leader of the Kibbutz Mulchad were mm-hmm. in Encharod. Encharod was the capital city of the Kibbutz Mulchad. That's Israel Smilansky. I'm a native. I was born in this Kibbutz. Israel is 84, a retired farmer and former music teacher. He boasts that five of his 16 grandchildren still live on the Kibbutz. But 65 years ago, when all this ideological turmoil was taking place, Israel was just a young soldier. In 1952, after he was discharged from the military, 
He came back to a home he could barely recognize. The kibbutz was in two groups that couldn't speak to each other. The situation in Encharod was very bad. It was um, two sides of the Chad. The dining hall it was divided into two sections. At first, like a feuding couple, members of the kibbutz tried to work things out, come to an agreement that would allow them to carry on. But the arguments just became louder and louder, and the two factions drifted apart. An actual line was drawn down the middle of the cheder ochel, the very heart and symbol of communal life. And that simple white line had the power to split close friendships and even families. Rachel Letzter was a child at the time. My parents fought all the time and they had a big problem. They couldn't sit and eat together. So I remember my sister would constantly have to bring them food back to our home. It was really difficult. Rachel's was a mixed family and she was torn between her father and mother. On the major holidays like Passover, we would have to go to the city, to my mother's family because we couldn't celebrate together on the kibbutz. Encharod school was the main ideological battleground. Officially, it was run by Mapai, Ben-Gurion's party, but most of the teachers belonged to other factions. These young idealistic educators were actively taking sides in the classroom, drawing students after them. Rachel's two older sisters were teenagers at the time and followed their teachers. The mother was on their side as well, but her father was a staunch Ben-Gurion supporter. Eventually, the parents decided to split their kids between the two factions, the pragmatists of Ben-Gurion Zichud and the ideologues of Tebenkin's Meuchad. Ironically, both those words, Ichud and Meuchad, come from the same Hebrew root, which means united. Rachel, who still lived in Meuchad at the time, started going to school in the Ichud. Going to the new Ichud school was a nightmare, literally a nightmare. Siyut? On the way to school, I'd bump into my old friends, who still went to our old school of the Muhad faction. And I felt like a traitor. I didn't want them to see me, so I'd hide. One of the women that was in, in our group, she came up and said, I had a son. His name was as if she, he, he was dead. It was... Impossible to listen to this kind of lamentation. It was horrible. The kibbutz descended into a tension-filled silence. People on both sides were engaged in espionage and sabotage against each other. I was an intelligence officer in the army, Daniel Luz recalls. Growing up, he and Israel, the proud grandpa, had been good friends. They even had Russian nicknames for each other. Daniel was Ivan and Israel was Vasil. But the split severed all that Soviet-style camaraderie. Israel was an Ichudnik, backing Ben-Gurion's Mapai, and Daniel, on the other hand, joined Meuchad. Together with his brother, who was an electrician, Daniel snuck into the children's center, where the Ichud folk would meet up to strategize. We hit a wiretap in the ceiling. And we would sit in the shower and listen to their headquarter meetings. That way we knew what they were planning and what they were up to. Later, the Luz brothers ransacked the place. 
Here's Israel again. The whole thing was very bad. It was, was very hate from both sides. Muki, the kibbutz historian, also remembers those days. People said, how is, how is this happening to us? We love each other. We were with a, you know, they enter into a tragic trend. The tragic trend is something that, like destiny. We can't control it. And with fight, really fight. Just fight? Fight, yeah, fight, like, uh, like in a movie. <laughs> It's, wow. It was, uh, and, and in the dining hall, there was a fight also. Fights broke out more and more frequently, over the use of a tractor or the division of a field of crops. After a few youngsters took over a house that belonged to members of the other side, a giant brawl began. Basically, the entire kibbutz participated. Eventually, cooler heads prevailed. But the rift was so deep that people on both sides realized that this liminal state was untenable and that a split was unavoidable. So the two sides appointed mediators, members of other kibbutzim who helped them negotiate the terms for the breakup. Ultimately, about half of Encharod's members left to form a new kibbutz, Encharod Ichud, directly adjacent to the old one. But the divorce just got uglier and uglier. That's Daniel again. Each side took whatever they could with them. Cows, heavy machinery from the car repair shop. You have no idea how far it deteriorated. People took electricity, poles, everything. We fought over trucks. There were two trucks. One was good and the other one was pretty crappy. In the divorce settlement, Daniel's side, Encharod Meuchad, got the crappy truck. But he and his friends weren't going to let that fly. So, in a well-planned military-like commando operation, they snatched the other truck. A month later, as the truck was out delivering goods in the area, the Meuchad driver was ambushed. They threw him out and took the truck back. It went back and forth like that for a while. Retaliations upon retaliations upon retaliations. Ultimately, things started to settle down, and all that was left was the pain. You pass the split, and then you have the period of mourning, silence. People don't speak about it. It was a very, very difficult moment. Each kibbutz concentrated on rebuilding itself, but Encharod, just like the entire kibbutz movement really, never returned to its previous glory. With time, the open wound morphed into a nagging scab, which the old-timers, at least, will carry with them to the grave. My mom never went back to visit her friends after she moved to Ichud. No, not even once. And my dad didn't set foot in Muchad till the day he died. Once I grew up and had children of my own, I asked them about it. I wanted to understand how they could do such a thing. How they could have put us kids through all of this. Believe me, I don't think anyone who wasn't part of it can really understand. What went on here? It was a civil war. I go to Ichud from time to time. My wife has some friends there. 
אני הולך, אבל לא... אבל אם יש שם מופעים בחדר אוכל, אני לא הולך. Before the split, when Daniel and Israel still called each other Ivan and Vasil, their fathers were also good friends. They too broke along party lines. Decades later, they met up in the regional old age home. And they spoke together what happened. Why we split? Why, why this happened? And they sat there and tears fell from their eyes. After a while, they asked themselves, Why we did it? What happened to us? And silence came. Nobody was ready to, to speak about it. Ideology Ideology is the ruin of nations. Think about it. Tiyalti ba'emek Tzameiti me'od Tzameiti me'od Ma'yan matzati Ushmo e'en charod מעיין מצאתי ושמו אין חרוד. לא אלך הלאה כי פה אעמוד, כי פה אעמוד. פה טוב לנוח ופה טוב לחיות. פה טוב לנוח כי פה אין חרוד. יוחאי מיטל is the senior producer of our show. Enkharod's story, that fierce ideological split that tore the community apart and seems so inexplicable to us now, wasn't unique. If you drive around the country, you can see many divided kibbutzim. Ashdot Yaakov Ichud and Meuchad, just south of the Sea of Galilee, Givat Chaim Ichud and Meuchad near Chadera, Givat Ashlosha and Einat outside of Petah Tikva, Gvat and Ifat not far from Nazareth, Mashabei Saden Chatsirim near Be'er Sheva, And the list goes on and on and on. A national geography, all made up of feuding socialists. That was our 2016 story, United We Fall, about the breakup of Kibbutz El Charod. We'll be back very soon with our next installment of Signed, Sealed, Delivered. Till then, Shalom Shalom. And yalla bye. Sous-dohermitzel-elzel 
כל זה עקר גבוה. על שדות עמק יזרעאל, מי ירה ומי זה שם נפל, בין בית אלפא ונהלה. ים הדגן מתנועד, שיר העדר מצלצל, זוהי ארצי ושדותיה, זהו עמק יזרעאל, תבורך ארצי ותהולי מבית אלפא Thank you.